Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Right? And, and the great thing about it, it's a continuous victory. It wasn't a one-time event. It's a continuous victory that, that continues to keep, keep going and going. And because we're in him, then we can be overcomers as well. Amen? Yeah, we can be overcomers. This is what Romans 8 says. Paul tells us this. He says, yet in all these things, right, all this world stuff that's going on, he says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So that means that, you know what? We have victory in every situation that we encounter. Now, does it always seem like it, it comes right away? Not all the time. But you know what? As long as we are in him, right? As long as we have relationship with him and we are dwelling with him, then you know what? We have victory over it. Now, I don't know when the victory happens. God decides that. But see, we have to be people who are overcomers because we do not waver in our faith. We do not waver in who God promises he would be. We do not waver in who he is because he is the King of kings and Lord of lords, right? Amen? He is. And so here he is. He's brought us near to us because of what Jesus did, and he's made us more than conquerors, meaning a champion, a victory, a victor, right? We, we are a force. Listen, you are a force to be reckoned with. You really are. You might not feel that way, but that's what the Bible says about you. You are a force to be reckoned with. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in you. That's why Jesus said, it's so important for me to go away so that the Spirit will come and live in you, so that you will be a force to be reckoned with. So when you are encountering situations, maybe even evil things or situations or whatever, you know what? You can stand and, and believe and say, Lord, you have given me authority because of who Christ is in my life, and I can walk in victory. I can walk in complete and total victory. And so we've been kind of just talking about some subjects that have been having to do with these, these things that can be scary, right? So we talked, the first week we talked about just, you know, the fact that, that the world can be scary, all that's going on, all that we've encountered, all, I mean, it just seems like evil is increasing and increasing and increasing and increasing, but yet we do not have to be scared. The other thing we talked about is that, you know, we, we said money doesn't have to be scary. If we live the way God wants us to live um, in a biblical, financial way, money doesn't have to be scary because God said, man, I will meet your need. I own the, the, the hills, uh, the cattle on a thousand hills. I'll meet your need, whatever it is. But see, we have to line ourselves up with what, what God says about that. And so today we're going to talk about kind of, we're going to talk about this, okay? And this is relationships, don't have to be scary. Relationships don't have to be scary. So why cover that? Well, for many people, relationships can be scary, right? It can be scary. Relationships, um, you know, are, are complex at times. And then you have relationships that can be kind of painful at times as well. Now, I don't, I don't know all of you in, in a sense of how your relationships have played out over the years, but I know even in my life, I've got some relationships that are very complex, 
that I sometimes try to ask the Holy Spirit, how do I navigate these relationships? How, how do I kind of get to the point of where I can kind of even, you know, just, just navigate them well? And then there's other times where I've had painful relationships. Or man, I, 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 you know what? I've had to take the knives out of my back. And that, that, that's painful sometimes. But that doesn't mean that I, I turn my back on that person. That doesn't mean I walk away from that person. Then I have to figure out, how do I continue to walk in love? How do I continue to, to allow the Holy Spirit to, to work in me, maybe even grow me a little bit? Because he wants to grow us to be able to navigate these kind of complicated relationships, right? And sometimes relationships can just be confusing. Now, I'm not talking about marriage relationships. I'm talking about relationships as a whole, okay? And, and it's, it's kind of interesting, too. I found this out, and I, I, you know, I don't. So I'm on Facebook, but I'm a stalker on Facebook. I don't post anything. But did you know that Facebook, right, they get this, okay? Because Facebook kind of, you can define your relationship status as complicated, what? Right? So it's like, yeah, you know, your name and it says, in a relationship, it's complicated. Like, oh my gosh, like, I guess Facebook has an edge. I don't, I don't really know. But, but the thing is, is that, you know, relationships sometimes seem, they're, they're, they're like really just complex. They're really difficult to figure out. And when you think you figured them out, then you haven't figured them out because the, the, the dial has changed, right? All of a sudden it's like, what? Wait a minute, what are you, what are you talking about? Where, where did this all come from? And so I'm sure that all of us kind of in one way or another have, have been hurt before again. Um, and then you've also tried to just kind of engage in some relationships and you just haven't been able to figure it out. So at times, and I don't know if this is true, but maybe you, you just kind of take a stance. No, I'm not doing relationship. I'm not, no, I'm not going to do it. I, I, I'm going to stay in my little bubble and I'm going to make sure that I don't, you know, stretch myself. I don't go out of my way. I just, you know, I'm just going to kind of stay within this little bubble. But the thing is, is despite all these complexities of relationships and, and, and some of those feelings, relationships are one of the most valuable things that we have. It's one of the most valuable things that we have. And this is why um, it says this, okay, in Ecclesiastes. And now, if you want, it's going to be up here on the board if you don't want to turn there, but Ecclesiastes, it's in the Old Testament. But this is what, what, what um, Solomon says. He says, two people are better than one. He's talking about relationship, right? It's just not talking, because something, some people will kind of go into the fact, oh, it's talking about marriage. No, 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 this is talking about relationship. It says, two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Verse 11, likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? Verse 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So in God's kingdom, no one is to be a loner. No one is to be a loner. No matter what that person has experienced. Because sometimes when you, like you can cross over even into church hurt. Well, I've been hurt by the church. 
They, they really hurt me. And I, I apologize for that right up front. But the thing is, is God still hasn't called you to be alone. He's called you to a body of believers to partner with, to grow with. And so there's no such thing as that, right? I, I was thinking back, and, I, and this probably dates me a little bit, but I was thinking back, God doesn't kind of just line up or endorse that old Geico commercial where you remember the guy says, a loner's got to be alone, right? I, I don't know if you got, remember that commercial, but I, but I just thought about it where God would say, no, 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 that's, that's the whole, whole thing that's all off. You're, you're messing this thing up, right? And really, if we think about it, um, there is poverty in being alone. There's poverty in, in isolating yourself. Well, you might say, well, you know what? Hey, I'm Pastor Scott, I'm an introvert. Well, okay. But you know what? God still wants you to have relationship. Okay. Well, Pastor Scott, I'm an extrovert. Okay, awesome. You got relationship, right? Well, Pastor Scott, I'm a middlevert. I either go that way or that way. Sometimes it depends. Great. He wants you to have relationship and it really might cause you to have to get out of your little bubble or your little, you know, things in your life. And so here, Solomon recognized it in this passage of scripture, right? So he, he's telling us relationships add so much to your life. So this morning, we're going to look at three simple, and I'm going to call them broad truths, okay? So they're, they're kind of big. That will hopefully help us to untangle anything that maybe or um, has entangled us to the point where we just kind of can't give ourselves over to really creating relationships outside of sometimes just your family, because God wants you to create those things. But, but let me give you something just before we start, a little, three quick things, okay? Now, we're not talking about particular types of relationships, okay? So each of us are going to need to be led by the Holy Spirit in those relationships, right? So it's not, don't, don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm singling out one, but let the Holy Spirit kind of just speak to you about, man, there's a relationship that, that, that I, I, I might need to kind of pray about and, and, and look at um, a little bit deeper. And part of that reason is because, you know, in relationships, um, there are multi-layers to those relationships, and they're all not um, like cookie-cutter relationships. The relationships you have are maybe different than mine. And so that's why we're not trying to, to generalize, hey, you, you actually need, this is what it is. We want you to kind of be able to let, let the Holy Spirit breathe life into you about relationships. Second thing is, is that nobody comes from a background of having perfect relationships. Nobody does. We are all human, right? We all are human and we all have bruises and we all have flaws and maybe we've messed up in relationships and done some things, but just understand that this is not coming from the idea that, hey, I'm perfect because I'm not. My wife can attest to that. I'm not perfect. But understand, we, get, we have room to grow when it comes to relationships, right? And thirdly, not all relationships are healthy relationships. Just recognize that. Some can be very toxic. Some can be very, um, at times, be very um, detrimental to, to, to you. And so in that, you have to, to, to sometimes look at it and say, am I... Am I, am I being healthy or am I growing in health in this relationship or do I need to set boundaries 
in these relationships that, that I, I, I am creating and encountering and stuff like that. And so um, we just want you to understand that relationships obviously take two or more people at times, um, but we want you to understand that relationships should be healthy. They should be healthy, not, not toxic, not, not just, you know, something that is just not bringing health to your life. But again, you have to be led by the Holy Spirit as you encounter or as you navigate some of these things. So as I laid that out, let me give you three broad truths from the Word of God that I hope you can apply to relationships. The very, very first one is relationships are God's idea and we all need them. Relationships are God's idea and we all need them. Now, whether you know this or not, each one of us is hardwired for relationships. Again, you might say, well, man, I'm an introvert. I, I just like to keep to myself. Well, I'm just going to tell you, you're hardwired for relationships. You are. Because, you, you know, sometimes you look at it and go, oh, those extroverts, it's so easy for them. They just, you know, are like butterflies. They fly in the room and everybody's attracted to them. And go, oh, look, yeah, great. Okay, but, but the thing is, is God's wired you that way. He's re- wired you for relationships. And how can I say that? Is because we are made in the image of a relational God. We are, God is very relational. Praise God for that, right? He's very relational. And so we have to understand that, you know, we are made in, a, in the image of a relationship, re- re- relational God, Therefore, we are then inherently relational people. You are, no matter where you are, how you think or how you stand. And so we are made for relationships with even God himself and other people. So it's not God's plan or nor was it his creation strategy, right, for you to be alone, for you to, to be, live isolated and just kind of in your own bubble, but rather, he created us to live in relationships. And, and ha- this is why I, I, uh, I can say this. In Genesis chapter 2, right, we go back to the creation story. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, um, and it says this, And the Lord God said, It is not good or beneficial that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Now, in the creation story, you, you, when you read it, God always looks at everything he made and he says, man, it is very good, very good. But then God considers Adam, right? And he says, it's not good for man to be alone. Now, we always take that and say, oh, well, that's a marriage passage. It is, you could say, but it's also just a relationship passage. It's just me and you type of thing. It's an ability that, you know, he looks at it and he says, man, with all his strengths, with all the things that, that, that um, Adam brings to the table and all that he's called to do and all of these things, you know what? The human needs another human, right? So he creates Eve, but he, but he just recognizes that, you know what? He needs companionship. Humans need companionship. Humans need helper. Going back to Ecclesiastes, right? When, 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 the, when, I, when evil comes, when two stand together back to back, they can't be defeated. So, so the whole premise of that is the fact that, you know what? God 
says we need each other. Now, I have this Bible. It's called the Spirit Life, um, Spirit-Filled Life Bible, and it gives us this insight into a helper. It indicates that God saw Adam's strength for all um, that he was and called to do, yet it was inadequate. So God made one comparable to him. And this comparable means complementary for, uh, for the needed help of daily work, procreation, and mutual support through companionship. But this encompasses all relationships across the board. So God established this need. We need moms and dads. We need brothers and sisters and pastors and leaders and teachers and mentors and friends and, and um, you know, people that we work with. We need co-laborers. We just need people in our life. We need relationship because we were hardwired for it. And so you can't go against the heart of God, right? You, you can argue all you want with me, but man, when we take it back to Scripture, the Scripture says that, you know what, you need friends, you need relationship with people. And, it, and, it, and it, we have to get beyond any hurt that we've encountered. We have to get beyond some of maybe even the self-centeredness of ourselves and the complexity of difficult relationships and things like that and put us ourselves out there based on God's design. It's not based on Pastor Scott's design. It's based on God's design. God wants you out there. Sometimes you just got to get beyond your comfort zone and stretch yourself a little bit and realize, you know what, it might be complex. It might be, we might encounter some things, but you know what? All I want to do is chase God's heart. And if I'm chasing God's heart, that means, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself out there for relationships. I'm putting myself out there. Even, listen to this, even in the, the community of faith. Even in the community of faith, we should be even pressing in even greater into that. Uh, I heard a, a few pastors say this. He said, when God wants to bless you, he often sends you a person. When God wants to bless you, he often sends you a person. And it's up to us to figure out what do we do with that? Well, we should have open arms. So relationships don't have to be scary because it's his idea. It's God's idea, and he knows that we need him. Here's the second one. Relationships require work, humility, and perspective. Relationships require work, humility, and perspective. So even though we know relationships is God's idea and and that that we need them, it does not mean that we're not required to work at them, right? We have to be willing to intentionally invest into relationships by cultivating them and working at them. Let me give you a scripture here in Proverbs 18.24. It says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. So, Man, that, there's so much to that, right? A man who has friends, that means the man's put in work, right? I, I must myself be friendly. Oftentimes you'll hear, I don't have any friends. Well, then what are you doing? Are you putting in the work? 
Uh, I didn't know I needed to. Thought God would just drop them, just drop them from the sky. Come in all of a sudden. No, we have to work at relationships. We've got to work at them. You know, and I wrote this down. Relationships are somewhat like a bank account, right? You cannot get anything out of it if you don't put anything into it. Is that true? Yeah. But oftentimes we say, well, I don't have any friends. Put something into it. Make an investment. They, they actually take work. So if we want them, we have to be willing to cultivate, right? And, and the Bible talks about sowing. We've got to sow into, into them. Because, you know what, Here, here's the deal. No one just stumbles into a great relationship. Nobody does, right? I mean, if you're married, hopefully you know that. Because, you know, you just don't all of a sudden show up and, hey, my spouse, great, okay, we're married, let's get married. No, hopefully you are developing a relationship over time. And you are, are, are trying to connect with each other and learn about each other and kind of see, what well, man, does this all work and all, all of this great, great stuff. But see, what we've got to do is we've got to recognize that, you know what, it's about sowing, right? We, we know it's, it's kind of like a farmer, right? A farmer goes out and, 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 and sows seed, right? And he wants to sow the right seed in order to reap the right harvest, Okay? And, and, and the Bible tells us in Galatians, right, which, which is really a foundational principle all the way across the board, but you can relate this to uh, relationships as well. This is what it says in Galatians 6-7. It says, do not be deceived. Now, this is in the Amplified Version. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. And then this is what it says. For whatever a man sows... This and this only is what he will reap, right? And we use that for finances all the time, but it's the same principle when it comes to relationships. You have got to reap seeds. You have got to put seeds into relationships in order to reap relationships. So whatever you sow into relationships, right? And let me just say this, be led by the Spirit in it, okay? That you will reap. That you will reap. But then again, it's the same principle. If you, sow, if you don't sow into it, you're not going to sow anything. You're not going to have relationships. So a good farmer knows that a harvest, listen, doesn't come instantaneously. Right? He just doesn't go like this and like, you know, he wakes up the next day and boom, it's the harvest. Let's go reap this thing. No, he knows over time that, it, that it's going to take a while. It's going to take time. It's going to take his patience. It's going to take, listen, diligent work to see the desired results of their harvest. And it's the same that's true for us, right? We've got we've to work them. We've got to put, invest in them, right? We've got to connect with people and recognize that maybe this relationship won't be, you know, all that great and fruitful at the beginning. But over time, if this is something that I feel like the the Lord is leading me to in this relationship, then man, let's expect that God will bless and God will give you those opportunities, right? But here's, here's the next step. We said that, you know, it's about work, but it's also about humility. Relationships are about humility as well. Choosing to be humble 
listen, is a relationship builder. Choosing to be humble is a relationship builder. Because when you honor others above yourself, right, when you serve one another, it invites grace into the relationship. Now remember, some relationships can be toxic. And maybe that's not a place where, man, God wants you to sow. But, but, but see, we've still got to walk in humility. And then we know that the opposite of humility is pride, and really pride is a relationship destroyer. Pride is a relationship destroyer, right? And that can show up in different ways, like being critical, being judgmental, being stubborn, being unforgiving. Those are all things that really ruin a relationship. So how, how then would you say, well, Pastor Scott, show me then how? How then does humility play out in relationships? Well, I'm glad you asked, right? Because 1 Peter 3 kind of gives us this picture. He gives us five ideas, five things about it, okay? And it's in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. This is what it says. Finally, everyone must live in harmony. That's one, right? Be sympathetic. Love each other. Have compassion. And then what does he close it off with? Be humble, right? So notice that the first four build off the last one. Being humble. Walking in humility towards one another. Your ability to grow in humility, right, is possible when the Holy Spirit is actively involved in your life. When you are letting the Holy Spirit work on you, If you, if, you, if you hear nothing out of this, hear this. Let the Holy Spirit work on you. But let him work on you, right? Begin to let him control or, 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 or grab a hold of your thoughts, your heart, your attitude, and, and your reactions. Because when that happens, then you know what? You can begin to have, 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 have these relationships being built, because I don't always have to have my way in the relationship, right? I might not agree with you on something, but that doesn't mean I'm going to just stand there and forget you. I'm not going to be a friend of yours anymore. That's it. I'm done. No, 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 no. There might be, hey, I just don't agree with you. Sorry, man. But you know what? I still love you. I still, I still, I, I'll, man, let's go to lunch. Let's go do this, Right? But we have to understand part of it is that Holy Spirit working in us. So we have to be humble, right? Serving one another and trusting God, right? And as we do that, he will meet our relationship needs. I guarantee you, he will. And then that, that other part was perspective. Perspective. What's a right way to view relationships? Well, first we have to understand that thriving relationships with others flows out of a thriving relationship with God. If you want thriving relationships with others, it should flow out of your thriving relationship with God because it's allowing the Holy Spirit to kind of do some things in you and all of a sudden you're like, oh man, yeah, I don't have to be so, you know, just dogmatic in things sometimes. I won't change my values, but you know what? Man, I'm going to st still see what, what it's, it's seeing what, 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 what is inside a person the importance of God's love in a person, more so sometimes than just what we, we feel like we need to stand on. It's saying, you know what? Man, the Holy Spirit's in you. 
man, God loves you. And if God loves you, then I love you. If God's relational with you, then man, I'm relational with you as well. But see, that, that man, that really, you have to have that perspective. You've got to be able to look at it. So it's, it's being humble before him and allowing him to develop that, that work in you to help you develop these relationships. Another perspective is that some, relations are, some relationships are forever, but most are seasonal. See, sometimes what happens is we think that relationships will always be forever. But sometimes they're seasonal. And we get that confused. And so when it's only seasonal and then the relationship stops or whatever it is, then we get all offended and upset and mad and, you know, whatever. But sometimes they're not forever. Sometimes they are seasonal. So we can't kind of get, we can't get stuck trying to hold on to seasonal relationships, right? Because when we try to hold on to seasonal relationships, then oftentimes we'll miss the relationships that God's put right in front of you. Just put them there, right there on a platter. Yet we're still stuck in these, these no, no, oh, it has to be. But he's all, you know, sometimes they're seasonal. And then another perspective is that um, relationships often thrive uh, in close proximity, right? You know, there's that, you know, kind of that old saying, there's a reason why long distance relationships don't work because they're long distance. But see, God's about proximity. See, God, God doesn't walk with you in long-distant relationship. He just doesn't. That's not who God is. So if you think God's far off from you, he's not. He's right there next to you. He's all about proximity, closeness. And so it's the same principle kind of in, in a way. Now, I have heard some success stories about relationships being far apart and, and being able to navigate that. But usually, you know what? They don't work as well. But see, understand that because God's a God of proximity, he also wants us to plan ourselves um, within people, in proximity with people, right? And he really wants you to to plant yourself in godly community, to be like-minded with other people so that your relationships, right, can flourish. And another perspective is just thinking, hey, I need these relationships. I need relationships that are going to point me to Jesus. I need relationships that are going to help me grow in my walk with Jesus. I need those kind of relationships. And then, you know, in thinking about it too, really, I think in those community and in those relationships, then that also helps you be able to have relationships with people outside the faith in order to bring them inside the faith. Right? When a community is built together and we are growing together and we are pressing in and following Jesus, I, I think that encourages the person to be able to say, hey, I know you don't know Jesus, but let me tell you about him. Because I've had other people pouring into my life as well. In the community that I'm at, man, come with me to the community that I belong to. And you know what? You'll, you'll find Jesus there. You'll, you'll, you'll experience God's presence. Man, and that... How, how wonderful is that? How beautiful is that? And then kind of think about this too. You might sow into a relationship, but that doesn't necessarily mean that God brings a harvest in that relationship. Now, what I mean by that is this. 
Sometimes you sow into it, but God's got a different plan in that sowing. And because you are actually sowing, he might bring another relationship around to you. And you might think, well, that's not the one I sowed into. But you know what? We have to be led by the Spirit of God. We've got to understand that, you know what? Hey, I'm going to invest. I'm going to, to try to do my best to, to, to reap a harvest for a relationship. But you know what? If it doesn't come from with that person, then God is faithful to bring another person into my life because I've been faithful to sow. I've been faithful to work the field. I've been humble and set myself to serve others and to, and to help them um, with right perspectives, just being able to grow in relationship and flourish with them, which then leads us to our last point here. Um, God can restore and redeem relationships. God can restore and redeem relationships. Mark chapter 10, verse 27 says this, with men, it is impossible. Have you ever had a relationship that went south? And you're like, man, this is never going to be redeemed. This is never going to be restored. But look what that scripture says. With man, it is impossible but not with God, for with God, all things are possible. So when Jesus said what he was saying, right, it includes broken relationships. It includes, you know, maybe relationships that have been fractured or cracked or even estranged relationships, which sometimes, you know, we go through. But see, God is able to be the restorer of relationships, right? Right? And, and I think, I think, I think he, he, here's a great point. Here's a great, great idea to think through, okay? God can do this because, think about it for a moment. God knows the pain and the frustration of broken relationships. Well, you might say, why? How, how do you know that? Because his own child, own children in the Garden of Eden walked away from him. His own ch- children walked away from him, forgot about him, kind of. Just kind of did their own thing right? And it still continues today. There are times God's heart is broken because his children are not being in relationship with him the way he desires. And and the great thing, even though that happens, I mean, despite all that, he still opens the door, right? He still lets us back in because he loves us and renews relationship, listen, with anyone who wants to be near to him. That's what John 3.16 is all about. Anybody that wants to be near to him, he will restore that relationship with him. In, 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 in 2 Corinthians, it says this. It says, he has restored our relationship with him through Christ. Verse 19. In other words, God was using Christ to restore his relationship with humanity. And I, I love this part right here. He didn't hold people's faults against them. Right? God could have said, especially me, Dr. Scott, forget you, you're done, I'm holding all your faults. Because I got many. I got many, many faults. Right? But he doesn't hold against them. And, and it makes me think about this, the, the relationship between Jesus and Peter. We know Peter denied Jesus three times. He said, no, I don't know him. No, I don't know him. I, I don't know him. And then he goes back to fishing. Right? Yet, the, the, the last chapter of John tells us that Jesus finds Peter fishing in a boat. And what does he do? He restores him back to relationship. He could have said, yeah, forget you. But he came 
and in a, a, a breakfast campfire, right? He restores a relationship back with him. So God is all about redeeming and reconciling relationships. But here, here again, in that process of restoring, change needs to happen in us first. If we've got a relationship that is fractured, if we got a relationship that just seems like, man, it is imploded, and I don't know if it's ever going to come back, and, and we're desiring it for it to come back, and even the Holy Spirit is telling us, hey, this is a relationship to hang on to, then I'm going to challenge you. Look at yourself first. See what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you first. Pray for that other person as well. But say, Holy Spirit, what, what do you want to do inside of me? That maybe I'm part of that reason that, that this can't be because I'm too stubborn or I'm too this or I'm too that or I'm too that. Oh, the Holy Spirit will lead you. He'll direct you. And, and what, what's so great about it, he's a perfect gentleman about it. So, and what will happen is he'll either fix those things and bring restoration to the relationship or he will allow you to move on from that relationship. Because it might be toxic. It might not be a good, good relationship. It might not be solid. But either way, the possibilities can be created when we give each of our relationships to God. Think about that. Just giving your relationships to God, whatever those relationships are. God, I'm giving you this relationship. Man, you know, this, this guy's been my best friend for life. Um, I've, I've told this story before, but I had a friend um, that I grew up with. Um, played in a band together. And when I decided to give my life to Jesus in, in a way that I would begin to pursue ministry, and he told me, I don't get that. <laughs> Dude, I, I, don't, I don't even understand. But through the process of God working on me and, and him, um, for what I, I stood up for, God changed his heart too. And then he called me back and said, hey man, I gave my life to Jesus because you showed me the way. See, we, we don't understand sometimes the impact of relationships and what that could mean. And you might think, well, I didn't really do anything spectacular, but you know what? It was part of the Lord. It was part of the Holy Spirit working on my life and working on his life at the same time. And so we've got to allow him to work in us, Lord, so that, you know, we can abound in maybe even forgiveness. We can abound in, in, in all of these things that will help us grow in relationships with people because it doesn't really have to be scary. Relationships don't have to be scary. Don't isolate yourself. God has created for you for relationship, no matter what your disposition is, no matter what you think, oh, don't think it anymore. Just say, you know what? God, you want me to have relationships. Therefore, I am going to try to do my best, whatever that may look like, in order to jump into godly relationships that'll help me grow in my relationship with Jesus, to help me um, you know, be able to come along in community and, and build my faith up. You know, maybe even finding someone who, who can be a mentor to you or, or, or pray with you, a prayer partner, whatever those things are. God wants you to be able to, to have those people in your life. And sometimes you just got to get beyond yourself 
to open yourself up to do that. So ask God to help you. If, if there are some com- complexities in relationships that you're encountering, or if there are some hurts or, or things that, that you're, you have dealt or are dealing with right now, I think we have opportunities to, to lay it before the Lord right now, to lay it at his feet. You say, hey, Lord, I, yeah, this relationship, I don't know where you want to take it, but I'm going to give it to you right now. And work on me. Work on them. Do whatever it is you got to do so that, you know what, I, I can grow. I can, I can be somebody who, you know, doesn't shy away from relationships, but maybe in community with church people, you could start to grow and, and, and like I said, grow in your faith. So if you would, bow your heads for me as I wrap this up. And if, if the Holy Spirit was speaking to you at all or has something stirring in your heart regarding a relationship, I'll just, I'll narrow it down to one relationship. If, if there is one Man, you just can't figure out. You just can't understand. You, you've tried and tried and tried. And like, you, like I said, you worked and you, 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 you've done what you can. I, I, I want to ask you to just give it to the Lord right now. Give that relationship to the Lord. Open yourself up to say, hey, work on me. Let me know. And then, Lord, help me to understand what I need to do in that process in order to bring um, whatever needs to be brought to that relationship. And so, Heavenly Father, we come to you in this moment as people who are imperfect. We're perfect through Christ, but in the natural, we're imperfect. And Lord, we have these relationships that we have going on in our families or going on in our lives or work or whatever it is. And Lord, I, I just want us to, we're going we're to take a moment just to give them to you, like a, a second, whatever that person is. If you've got one, just say it out and then we'll move on. So go. And I thank you, Lord, that you are going to move in that relationship, that you, you are the one who restores. Lord, you, you, you raised Lazarus from the dead and he was, I mean, he was dead, dead as a doorknob but you brought him back to life and you can bring relationships back to life. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to each one of us and give us understanding and wisdom of what is our part. What do we need to do? What do we need to maybe even break whatever barriers we have or even pride or whatever that is? Break that off of us so that, Lord, we can walk in, in, in unity, but we can also understand what the Holy Spirit is saying regarding relationships that we encounter in our life. And we're grateful, Lord, for the relationships we do have. But Lord, if there's more relationships, Holy Spirit, lead us to those relationships that are not toxic, but are godly. That would help us grow in our faith, would help us grow in our relationship with you. And so I thank you for doing that in our lives today. I thank you and I bless you just for your your presence and your life today. And um, we just love you and so grateful for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. 
For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.